Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. In this last episode in the Dementia series, we're going to be speaking with Geraldine Messon, who will be giving her story with dementia and how that has impacted her and her family. So let's have a listen. And I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Geraldine, as a family caregiver coming on and telling um, your story as to how um, you have been in terms of supporting someone uh, with dementia. And as well, we have Dean um, with us from the um, Ottawa Dementia Society and Renfrew County. So thank you so much. And um, I guess we'll just start off um, with you, Geraldine, just to say, um, how has it been as a caregiver um, supporting your loved one? How has that uh, been for you? Well, um, it's been difficult at, at times, but it began in um, April of 2011. And um, I was living in another province. And the difficulty I had there was to try and um, accomplish and facilitate my husband with different programs and so forth. But I got nowhere for about almost seven years when we decided to move to Ottawa uh, because my family, my two children, were actually pushing this. Uh, My son, who lives here, had some information about the Dementia Society and knew very little because he didn't really contact the society by himself, so he was waiting for me to get here. And we arrived in October of 2017. And approximately, I would say 30 hours after I arrived, I was facing um, two people at the Dementia Society that um, just gave me hope because the first thing they told me is that um, they were here to help myself and David and we weren't alone. And I think those are the two sentences that brought me into realizing that I had come to a good place and no regrets so far. So um, it was a struggle. Um, Even coming here, the moving wasn't difficult, really, because uh, we were excited about starting something new. And I was excited about getting my husband involved. And within... um, that was in December when I met them. And in January, I had him uh, starting to get ready to go into programs. I had to wait for our OH, what is OHIP card? Is it health card? Yes. In order yes. for me to register with some of them. But they helped me to advance that a bit. So um, he began programs, uh, which were simply fantastic. He was in two different programs. And um, he loved it. He enjoyed it. And it gave me my little bit of time to myself. So um, what gave me there, my ups and downs, I think my down was having to leave my home and my province. That was difficult. Um, I knew I had to do it. And it's just something that was saying to me, you know, well, why? Why are you doing it? So I took, I think that January, I wrote to the province, the the premier and the minister of health, telling them why I had to leave. And they responded very quickly and wanted to know why, because they were not familiar. But it was uh, such a long chronology to that, so I'll leave that out because that's difficult to talk about. Um, After that, um, the support I got here, I think, gave me the education I needed. I when, we were, when he was diagnosed, the only person that was really there for me was our family doctor. Uh, he used to tell me, now look, 
I, there's so little we know of this, but if you can research this and find things for me, then here we go. And he did, and we did that. And that's the only thing that kept me going back home. And uh, by arriving here, I mean, let's face it, there's everything I needed was here. And I've advised him of that, uh, of what, and he was glad because he actually supported me in the move. Um, so I think that was the worst downfall that I had to worry, to think that I had to move in order to get something done. Because first, I wasn't educated that well on it, the disease. Um, and uh, I knew I had to do something for me as well as for him. So I did get here. Um, and we had a great year from 2017 to 2018, December. Um, I began to feel the weight, even though things were just going super, super good. Uh, going to connection meetings, going to basic training uh, sessions with the Dementia Society was just overwhelming. Um, I began to feel that I was the crisis in this whole journey. Um, it hit me in December. And um, by that time, I knew that I had to do something for myself because I don't, I didn't really realize how bad it was till I met with Lynn the organization that was going to help me in decision making. And at the same time, I was, uh, we were about to start that decision, ma decision making session uh, with the Dementia Society, which Cynthia gave me a lot of information. And so I had to sit down and talk to my kids and say, okay, um, I think they sensed that I was not the person that I should be. <laughs> Usually my strength was strong and per perseverance always. Um, I, be I began to think that it was time for me and I knew it, but I wasn't accepting it very well. So when I called Lynn, they came over and within five minutes of her speaking to David, she just nodded her head and my son was with me. My daughter lives in BC. So she was on conference later on with us, uh, that, um, he should be in long-term care. And I couldn't, and I questioned her for that. I said, well, how can you tell that? She says, I'm listening to you. So I actually probably made the decision that, you know, it was me. I was the crisis, not him. So um, I had 24 hours to decide whether I should admit him or not. And I think that was probably the worst decision that I'll ever have in my life. Uh, married 52 years, it's it's quite difficult to think you're going to place somebody, you know, that you love yep. and being taken care of by somebody else. That's what bothered Absolutely. me the most. Yeah. Someone else was going to be there to care for him, but not the way I guess I was better at it. Yeah. Um, but with dementia, the first thing I learned with the organization or the society, I should say, is that you have to accept what happens. And there's nothing more you can do about that, but just to be there and to be exactly what you want to happen to that person. And I, it took me a long time to realize that that was the answer for me. So on January the 2nd of 2019, they found a place uh, that had to be answered by 
within 24 hours. And um, boy, I went right down to the hour, let me tell you, because it, um, my children were definitely supporting this because um, they saw that um, I was I having difficulties. And so uh, we decided. And um, on January the 2nd, we admitted him. And he wasn't confused because he has a personality that, um, uh, that made an entry into a long-term care home unknowingly, but realizing there was a change. And therefore, um, his first two weeks were difficult, the transition, but eventually it became kind of calming. He's a very quiet person. Um, he's not aggressive. He's quiet. He just, you know, pretty well um, quiet, very quiet. Mm -hmm. um, then within the month, this was January the 2nd, and by March, he started to subside a bit, and he didn't want anybody to touch him, especially for the bath and all that, afraid of the shower. Things were starting to show that yeah. he was he was actually deteriorating in some way for um, in relation to the um, needs that he needed. Yeah. Now, with me, that's where I found the change that December. So anyway, in March, I got a call and asked if I was willing to let him uh, go into the uh, Royal Ottawa Hospital for a transition for a transition um, set. And I had no idea what that was, but I was encouraged to do it. And within the, they were, they usually keep him there for 90 days, but within the first week, I, um, fantastic team, fantastic place. Uh, more people should go through there because it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they called me in with my son and told us that we found the solution. And I thought, well, how can it be? I mean, what is it that we're not looking at? And the word was approach. How do we approach David? So they kept him, usually they're there, like I say, for from 60 to 90 days. And this was on his ninth day. And he said, we're going to keep him here for another week because right now he's doing fine. And we realized that that's what we're going to have to work on. So his approach was the whole situation of him not being accommodated at the residence. And um, the second week, the end of that second Ger week. Geraldine, what do you mean by approach? Do you mean like well, approaching him from the front or? No, any, way, any way at all. Like if they would come in, it's the way the approach is how you come to um, understand who you're dealing with. Um, the way that they were doing, uh, there were things that they were doing. Don't forget, he had only been in there Within two weeks, they were the drugs were starting to be used. And there's where I set myself in and said, there's no way. He is not one that's ever taken drugs. And we've never needed it. But I had to accept the fact that that was the only way they were going to calm him down and, and make him more accessible to the things they want to do, especially the shower. He was terrified of the shower, which, you know, that was news to me. There were different little things that were happening. So... I think um, what the approach was about is that things are starting to change. Things are starting to change in the long-term cares and that. And I attended a few of their, their meetings. And the idea was that um, 
there's a way everybody has to be approached in a different way. David, I think, feared the most of, he was still capable, he was still very much um, in terms of being who he was. Though um, at that time, he the change was kind of difficult for him, going into a room with a little bed. He kept falling off that bed and uh, we tried to <laughs> resolute that, but it was difficult because anyway, we managed there. But the whole idea with the Royal, with the, uh, the, um, the Royal Ottawa Hospital is that it's how we approach people. Every different, let's say every different person with any type of Alzheimer's disease are approached in a different way. David's very quiet, you know, very not conversational that, that much with people. And in that stage he was at, um, it was difficult for him and it was difficult for me. But then um, once we found out that the approach is what he needed more than anything. And so they worked on him for a week and we were called in, my son and I, to tell us exactly, exactly what it was. And they explained that. And um, the worst part of that, not the worst, I should say, but the shocking part of that meeting was that, um, uh, that he could go from 15 to 20 years in the same status, the same way he is at this present. And I looked at my son and thought, my God, he's going to outlive me if that continues, because he was at the time he was 73 and um, figured 15 years, <laughs> it's a long ways. But they gave me that hope that I can continue with him the way I was, because we did everything together except that moment that I, that December moment, I knew that I was at the end of what I could do and stay sane, sort of. So um, we, we brought him back and they were given the report, everything else, and things began to change for him. And because uh, he's a very uh, joyful type of a guy and loved to go out walking and things like that. So um, he was changed. It, you, we saw it. And they also saw the approach with him. And the approach was different. So that helped uh, the, uh, the actual nurse in charge to see how this can be done with other patients too, because we were lucky to get that meeting with them. It was just an opening that came up. And uh, because they're pretty well full up during the whole year. And uh, we were lucky to get in there, but she said, that's, that's something that we need. So they gave her a complete um, um, analysis of what he went through and how he managed and all that stuff. And I, of course, was there every day, as I do, except now I'm unable to. So that gave us, gave me a bit of um, a hope that, you know, he would come out doing okay. He's an easygoing person, so I... You know, but then they told me that he can go on 15 to 20 years. So Gerald, Geraldine, what you're saying, um, I guess with your, you know, thank you for giving that uh, story. Um, but with the, uh, with him being at the Royal Ottawa Hospital um, and then to go back to long-term care and 
they, I guess, gleaned from that information from that report that was provided by the Royal Ottawa Hospital to change how they um, dealt with your husband um, in the long-term care in terms of a more friendlier approach, a more humanistic approach is what you're saying, and to, to be able to deal with him a lot better so there wasn't all this um, other behaviors being um, being expressed. And, has, and you said that from that... That's where things really start to change to be a lot easier at the facility or? Yeah. Oh, yes, because things are starting to change on the outside of the, uh, the aspect of that building and the long-term care because mm -hmm. we started attending meetings because um, they didn't have a family council. So we got together, a couple of us, and said, look, maybe if we got involved more, yeah. um, we would probably have more ideas and more openings to look at this and speak with them. And that's what happened. Um, they began to, um, they wanted to change the aspect of long-term care. And um, it's not, it's, it's something that they, they were looking for a word that would make it more like home. Mm -hmm. So that's basically something that um, I've sort of worked on quite a bit. For, well, still, until a few days ago, I had an, an issue here. But anyway, um, I think... Um, in respect of the long-term care homes, um, that was another process I had to learn yeah. and get myself um, educated on that because I had everything else. And I had, David had an appointment with a, um, a doctor over at the, um, the center at, and he was, he was actually surprised that how well he could communicate at the stage he was at. And um, that's when I came to think about what uh, the um, Ottawa hospital said, you know, he can go 20 years, but whatever, what his life will be as he progresses to that point is what we had to work with. In other words, I had to take more responsibilities. And it, um, that meeting to me made me, convince me that he will never get better and I can help, though, extend his life because a lot of the what I got with long term care homes is that um, they're there to die. They're there to finish off their lives. And that wasn't my case. I said he's here to live as long as he can. And I think that changed the whole perspective of, you know, when I started because I was there every day. Um, they sort of blocked me there all during this thing. But I'm there. I was there on every day. And if something did happen or I had I needed a break while well, I was out there, maybe two or three days. Um, but um, with all the um, training I got through the Dementia Society and the groups I was with, the people I was involved with, um, everything I got and gave me the strength to move on and get something done and to make sure that it was the right thing, the right way. Because if he was going to live longer than me, then I have, to, I have to prepare for that. And I had that on my mind ever since I left that Royal Ottawa Hospital because when they told me how long he could go, um, that gave me another insight to say, well, better look at this too. But I have a family. I have two children. My son's here, my daughter's at West, but they're very attached to their father. And I have no worries of, you know, how things are going to go if I should pass before him because they're set and they know and my daughter's been here quite often even though she is out west but the thing is that uh, is realizing 
I think at that point, I realized what the disease was all about. And my learning was that uh, often I hear, well, there's nothing more you can do but this, but this. And that's where I began to think, oh, yes, I can. I can. My involvement was important. To me, uh, my children have knowledge now of what long-term care is, what an association such as uh, the Ottawa Association, and excuse me, and things that become important to them, if I should pass on, they are both adults and they love their father and um, know that I need them now more than ever. But um, the thing is that I think what they now know is they can use their abilities um, to make it just as easy for me as is for their father. I, so I think, I think what's important what you're sharing here, Geraldine, is is uh, the ongoing importance of like a circle of care, like a circle of support, whether you're at the beginning of the journey of dementia or uh, you're in long-term care. Like there, I think you need to have a tight, close-knit circle no matter where you are. Um, and I think it's amazing that you your kids are there and you're teaching them the importance um, and they're there to step in uh, when you need a break or when um, or, or or whatever. So I, I I just wanted to to jump in there to to share that. Thank no, you. Because I as well wanted to say in terms of all of that support that you're receiving. So everything is relatively all open and on the table. Everybody is communicating. Everyone is giving their input. Um, do you find that that's relatively better with the uh, with the long-term care that everyone is able to um, indicate and everyone is able to, um, you know, provide their input and be able to work with that care plan that is been, has been uh, initiated? That became difficult at one time, uh, but now that things have just been, I think, um, when you talk about change, it's since all this has happened with the COVID-19 uh, COVID. I think mm-hmm. um, what has happened is that we got a new owner and they signed in early, just before the pandemic hit. And um, prior to that, I think a lot of things were being done that a lot of staff were not aware of different things that they could be uh, in assistant to different little uh, courses and things like that. But um, there was no new perspective with that residents. And it's a small residence. There's only, um, actually, there's only 40 beds there. And it's, um, it's, it's nice and small and things can be done. Holding staff on a full-time basis is difficult. A lot of them seem to have a difficult time, but lately it's been okay. But the thing with that is that is the knowledge that we have to know about what we can do as people and the association, which is, um, uh, quite strong. There's a provincial, a local and a provincial association. We get two daily uh, news briefs from them. And um, they pretty well keep in touch with the government levels and uh, notify us. But I think what's helped me the most to get through this up to this date uh, is the Dementia Society. Because I knew very little about this. And my home doctor down back home um, 
said, you know, there's something that you should get yourself involved with is finding out about this disease more than anything, because it's, it was sort of kind of in the cloud down home a bit. It was there, but nothing much was being done. And um, I think being involved with that society is what has put me where I am today and believe in what they do and strongly will follow a lot and still do, even though you know, my husband's in long-term care because there's a bit of involvement starting to see what um, the Dementia Society is doing. And I think their input is gonna be very important to the changes because right now, as you know, they're being kind of um, looked at at the government because of all what's been happening. Um, we've been lucky. Our building has not been affected so far. And uh, they're strict as you want to be. I mean, I see David once a week and I'm lucky to get that date. So um, I appreciate it. Now I'm looking for two days a week. <laughs> and uh, But they're allowing me when there's a time that I can have two visits. Uh, they give it to me. Like this week, I'll get two. Um, it's It's just that I'm kind of, I don't know, I find I'm stuck in something that I can't do anymore until this sort of alleviates a problem as, yeah. you know, will it ever end? I'm beginning to think from that last visit with David, which was last Thursday, is that um, it's going to be a slow process to get out of this epidemic that we're in. Um, and I think it's um, something that we're going to there's another change for me that I won't see him every day. I can only see him at certain times. Um, my children are allowed that they allow now uh, two of us at a time. So now my grandchildren, uh, the three boys, they're starting next week that they'll go in either with me or their father or their mother. Okay. Because you can have two at a time. That's the outside. Now we don't have to be tested for this outside. Oh, it looks like her um, video is, is gone. Because they don't have any testing within our range here. The closest place is 22 kilometers, which is downtown. Um, not sure what was the name of that place. Maybe you can uh, mention that uh, That's... the uh, testing area down by the Carleton University. Yes, I, I, uh, I forget the name of it, but it, what you're saying is that it's not close to you. Oh, no. Definitely. Well, you know where we've been going? We've been going over to um, um, the eastern part where we thought maybe they would be able to sort of take us here in in a location over um, on the east side of the place. I'm thinking of the name now. Anyway, we have been going to uh, traveling about an hour and a half to go to um, Castleman. Oh, wow. So Castleman and it, that's the eastern board, and they've opened another one in um, just outside of Montreal on the board of Ontario. There's a new one they had to open because when we started going there, Castleman, we 10 minutes, we were done, tested and gone. Now there's about five hours wait. So, they so what would you, one. sorry, but what would you say is, you know, that this whole caregiving journey that you've been the most thankful for, um, whether it's the support with the Ottawa um, dementia Society, um, and as well with your family and the long-term care, what is the most that you're thankful? Um, I think 
the trio of it all, I would say the family, uh, the Dementia Society, of course. I mean, without them, I don't know where I would have been today. And um, I'm still much try to be involved as much as I can, even though, you know, he's in long-term care. I think uh, with what's going on, um, even my children have said that, you know, mom, we're so fortunate that, you know, at least he's placed. See, when he left the Royal Ottawa, they brought me in with my son and asked if I was willing or ready to bring him to another unit, to another place. Because he said, they said that he's changed. He's going to, you know, there'll be no issues whatsoever that unless something does come up, which does once in a while. Now, a decision had to be made whether I wanted to move him from there because they ask you about where you'd like to go. There's five places you have to mention. And I thought, my son said, mom, what do you think? And I said, well, to me, really, I have him in a place that I can see him. I can be there. Um, I might be there too much at one time, but anyway. So we decided to keep him there because at the time, the lists were getting longer and longer. Time was getting longer and longer. And the one that I wanted, I would have liked to have seen him come in. There's now a three, uh, five and a half year wait. So uh, my name is on the list, but I'll probably never see that. So that occurred me to decide I'm going to keep him there because I'm, I'm about um, 20 minutes drive. Um, it's in Sarsfield. And I hope that, uh, you know, that that could, Stay, but with the new owner, things are really changing because of what's happening in this province pertaining to um, long-term care residents. There's been a lot of changes. There's going to be lots more coming, um, big changes, uh, which we're kind of glad in a way. Um, but uh, I think it's it's going to take a while. But at least they're there, and the government is behind them. Yeah. I just Having, want to say uh, thank you because we're running out of time, unfortunately. Oh, so it's sorry. going to uh, disconnect. But I just wanted to thank you both for coming on. And uh, as I said, this will probably this will be part of the October um, series um, when this will be available. So both just the podcast part of it as well as what's online for on the YouTube channel. But thank you. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Caroline, thank you. Thank you for, for taking time out of your yeah. busy day and, and, and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. And I'm glad we were able to uh, be so meaningful into your, um, your life. So uh, mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you to the, the Dementia Society. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening to today's show. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for this or any other episode, please contact us on our social media at Twitter at Family Councils and at Facebook Family Councils Collaborative Alliance. Thank you so much and hope you enjoyed this episode.